All right. It is Monday, August 15th, 2022, 4 p.m. Pacific. Not that any of that matters. This is as timeless as we choose for it to be. I am here with my guest, who is known as Lenny's Potts. And um, do you want to give a quick intro? Yeah. Yeah. Great. I, uh, I'm Sarah. Um, my last name is Lentz, uh, which is why I go by the name Lenny, um, given to me by some dear friends because everyone knows like seven Sarah's in their life. So it gets confusing. Um, so I go by Lenny sometimes by those closest to me. Um, yeah. And I've been doing pottery for about, uh, little over a year and a half again um and then let's see I'm aging myself here but about um 10 years ago I did it in college too uh, and that's where I first learned how to throw on the wheel but yeah nice what should we talk about where do you want to start oh gosh uh I, I, I love the question <laughs> I mean, I will give that to you. Uh, I, yeah, whatever questions you got, I'm here. I'll answer them. Open well, book. Why pottery? Okay, great, great start. Um, I mean, we don't have to start there. We can just. <laughs> <laughs> um, originally, it was honestly, it was like a extracurricular that you had to take in order to get your degree. It was like some form of art. And I had other friends who had gotten into pottery and they were like, join this class. And I was like, okay. And I joined the class. Um, I am a very extroverted social person. And what that meant during the class was that you were supposed to have 40 hours of studio time outside of the class instructor's time. Um, and I didn't do it. And it came down to like the last two weeks of class. And I was like, shit, I have to do 40 hours of studio time. I'm going to go and do it. And what I learned in those 40 hours is that I was an idiot and that I should have been doing it the whole time because I really enjoyed it so very much. And um, for being such a social extrovert, it's kind of one of those things that's like, for me at least, I can do it and it keeps me busy enough to where I time will just fly by and I just, I love it. Um, it's a creative outlet. I'm a shit painter. I'm a shit writer. Um, but I really wanted to make something. And so I found pottery to kind of be my, my niche. Um, so I did that in college, the class ended and I was like, I really liked that. Maybe, maybe one day I'll do it again. And then took a global pandemic, uh, about of feeling pretty helpless, feeling a little depressed. Um, myself and my best friend and two other girlfriends kind of we're all feeling similarly and we were looking for something to do uh, that was creative and we could do together. And I was like, why don't we try pottery? And I found a lovely woman um, here in Seattle who teaches from her basement. And so the four of us went to this woman's home and she taught us the basics of pottery. Um, I ended up loving it once again. Um, and as of a couple months ago, I bought a pottery wheel and I keep it in a studio here in Seattle and I get to do it whenever I want now. And that's the best. And yeah. 
So yeah. That's amazing. Um, sorry, there is a uh, gardening happening outside. Oh no, you're fine. I can't control. Um, but that's amazing. Uh, what was it like getting your own pottery equipment? Oh yeah, that's it was scary to be totally honest. It was kind of like one of those things where it seemed as- really aspirational for a long time. Um, but I was at the studio and that the woman runs and you you have free studio time and I would want to go at all these weird odd hours or like whenever I wanted and that wasn't really available because she has so many students and she teaches classes and this or that and it kind of just became one of those things where I was like gosh this would be so much better for me if I had my own equipment um but it's very expensive uh, I didn't have anywhere to put it. I was like, I don't have a, I live in a studio, so there's nowhere to put it here. Um, and yeah, there's a lot of intricate things that go in with pottery. Um, cause you're mixing different glazes. Uh, the kiln was also another issue. I was like, I don't have a kiln either. If you buy a wheel now you have like all this stuff, now you need a kiln to throw and, and fire in, um, and kind of like a couple different things fell into place. Um, I have a very dear friend who runs kind of an artist, um, God, I wouldn't call them an artist collective. They have, um, they run a creative space out of Seattle. I'm going to. Is this the Odyssey? No. Different one. um, My friend, Duffy and Stefan. They run a Seattle-based collaborative artist group exploring the intersection of art and commerce. Um, But it's my friend Duffy, and I was at Art Basel in December of 2021. And I was talking to him, and I was like, I love pottery. It's the best. And he's like, why don't you get a wheel? And I was like, they're expensive, and I have no place to put it. And I don't have a kiln, and was kind of saying all the different challenges. And he's like if you get a wheel, you can keep it at our artist studio and we have a kiln. And I was like, oh my no God. No way. Why yeah. do I have a kiln? Because <laughs> uh, they, so they build this phenomenal, beautiful art for um, individual owners or businesses um, wherever. Like I actually was at their studio today and they uh, were making something for a person out in LA, for example, but they're incredible. And I encourage everybody to look this up. But what was really incredible about the whole experience was that this person who I looked up to as being a phenomenal artist, um, their work was being showcased at Art Basel, for example. And he was so encouraging and he was so supportive of the idea of little old me, who is basically making just basic level pottery. And he was like, you got to get a wheel. You got to do this. You're so passionate about it. And that was kind of like the first push that I really needed to believe in myself. And at that point I was like, okay, I'm going to buy a wheel. And so, um, I kind of start set it set out on the journey of like buying a wheel. Um, it takes a little while cause they were all back ordered at the time. Um, and the other hurdle a little bit is that, uh, the neighborhood that I live in is like 20 minutes away from the neighborhood in which they have their artist studio. So I was like, oh gosh, if I buy a wheel, am I going to go that much? Um, and so I kind of like really wondered and pondered about it. And I was like, I don't know if I should make the investment. And then, in, but I was like, every time I saw Duffy, he was like, when are you going to buy the wheel? You got to buy the wheel. And so it kept, 
it kept encouraging me and it just, it was so lovely and so appreciative. Um, and what ended up happening is that a couple other things started falling into place. So, um, my friend Henry, who I met in March of that same year uh, in 2022, um, he was building out this space in my neighborhood where, um, one of my other artist friends, Ariel, uh, was going to have use of the space and his whole idea, Henry's idea is that he wanted to create a space for himself to be able to do his craft, which he welds and builds and does a little bit of everything. Um, but also have a couple artist rooms where people could take on residency. And then at the end of it, there's an event space at, at the Odyssey. And so they can have like a gallery opening there. Um, and he wanted to really create a community space for up and coming artists in Seattle. And so when I was talking to him and I had made some comments about, you know, wanting to buy a wheel and he was like, well, if you buy a wheel, just store, like you can store it here. And so it was, uh, and Ariel, my friend was like, do it in the same room as me. We could have our own little, like cute girl art studio space where we can just be each other's hype man and yeah, that's uh, sweet and we, yeah and so it's kind of like between that I also met a really cute couple at uh like a maker's market locally and they were like you can use our kiln and I was like oh my god everyone is so wonderful and great and I feel rich with like um friendship <laughs> It sounds yeah. so cliche. Um, and because of that, I finally dug in and I stopped dragging my heels and I placed an order, um, I believe the Friday before Memorial Day. I placed an order for my wheel and then I got it like six weeks after that. So I've officially like had my wheel and had my space for, oh gosh, like three, two months now, three months. Oh my gosh, now. recent. Yeah, so really, happened. really recent. Yeah, but I've been making the stuff for, you know, quite a bit. And so now I'm using like, I buy my clay, I buy all my tools and I have like my space and I've spent many nights at the Odyssey and it's the most amazing space. So I appreciate having access to that and all my friends who were so encouraging to get me there as well. That's awesome. I love that. It really sounds like every possible opportunity to start opening up and blooming to like draw you in toward <laughs> your passion for pottery to the yeah. point where like you couldn't say no you just yeah. had to just get it yeah it was one of those things where like I do do I necessarily have the budget to buy a potter wheel probably not this could be my one financial decision as of late that like people might question and that's fine. Um, but is this like car money or yacht money? <laughs> no, like my pottery wheel is like, uh, I think it was like $1,800 just for okay, the it's sizable. Yeah. Be a car. Yeah, exactly. And so it's just like, and it's a, it's a nice to have, not a need to have. Right. Um, but what I will say is really a need to have is, um, the time spent doing pottery is just such a mental, break for me it's so challenging and it's so hard and like there is no way around that but I am um you know my day-to-day -day job is very like partnership space it's a lot of talking it's a lot of um brainstorms and things in that way and this is such a different thing and it's solo 
it's like only me, my hands are the only ones touching the clay. And so it's so drastically different than what I'm used to from a day-to-day perspective. It's very um, enlightening and eye-opening and mentally speaking, it's definitely something that I needed. Um, And so to have that outlet is priceless. And when I started realizing that too, it it made the costs okay. Um, And I feel very, very, very fortunate that I have that I can say that because I know not everybody ha- can. And I think that that's a big barrier. Um, and I hate that schools are always underfunded in their arts because that's a really important thing to set people up mentally um, for well. But yeah. yeah. So. I love that you mentioned for mental health because especially if you're doing like a day-to-day job where you're around people all the time and talking and building or maintaining relationships at some point you do need like the opposite to balance yourself out, balance out your energy, recharge, you know, recalibrate your own self. And it's awesome that like you found that through pottery because you get to be by yourself and maybe even quiet and like just reset like everything about yourself. So in a way, like the investment toward your pottery really is like, a self-care budget for me it's like you shouldn't have a budget for self-care it should just be <laughs> living costs and just be part of like your health overall and um to your point it is um very interesting that places like schools or other maybe like public spaces that have access to those tools don't keep them up or don't have like ready access to everyone. So in some ways it feels like a luxury. Yeah, it it does. And I think it's, it's interesting because like a lot of people obviously spend so much time and they give so much budget to different like sports and things like that in school. And I think that that's great too, because that serves a purpose, but I think there's definitely an underserved market for like the solo projects like a doing pottery or, you know, anybody who paints things like that photography, um, that in schools, I wish they encouraged as much as, um, they do sports, which granted, I haven't been in high school for a lot of years, but, uh, so things might've changed, but I don't think they have based on all the conversations I've had with high schoolers. (laughs) Yeah. Same. Well, I guess I should introduce our other guest, which is the neighbor gardener. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh, there's another person on here. What's happening? I, I can mean, barely hear it. There's okay. like, it's just, it's just a slight light hum and you, you probably won't even be able to pick it up. We'll see. <laughs> I mean, we'll definitely have me complaining about it. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's interesting about how like sports ends up with more funding than solo projects like you mentioned, even though some of the solo activities really do contribute to society when people have the opportunity to develop them. And um, I'm curious, like you did mention that you started in college. Um, Were there any other activities that kind of bump up against that or like compare to, like if you didn't choose pottery, is there anything else you think you may have ended up doing? 
That's a good question. I'm trying to remember. Um, no, not necessarily. Um, I mean, I do spin classes. That's probably like the other thing that I do for my mental health the most. Um, but I didn't do that in college. I didn't do that until probably like seven years ago. Um, but yeah, another just solo thing that you can just do alone. <laughs> Yeah. I'm like really bad at painting. Like my What's uh, bad? What does that mean? <laughs> I don't like any of the things in which I have ever painted and I okay. am, I don't think I'd ever want to give them to somebody. Whereas with my pottery at least I like feel good enough about it to give to other people um and to sell. But um like my the person who I share the space with Ariel, I mentioned earlier, mm -hmm. uh Ariel Perro, she's absolutely incredible and her paintings are like I was in the studio the other day and she was painting um coffee beans for a project um for a very large coffee roaster that started here in Seattle um and she was like painting water droplets on these like coffee bean leaves things wow. and I was like looking at it and like, it must've been like 20 minutes had passed between when I had first looked at it versus where she was at that moment. And it was just like, this is so realistic. And I don't, I watched you do this and I don't know how you did this. And she's, she's so incredible and inspiring. She does a lot of mixed media outside of just painting too. Like she just finished a, a project for these uh, cassette tapes, um, where she used, um, acrylic and then she also used like the plastic that they make cassette tapes tapes out of but nice. she made these giant ones um and just like watching people do stuff like that like I will watch that and I will be so absolutely mind blown but I think there's like like there's just so much to be said for the craft and like talent and like dedication because like I mean I'll watch I'll watch Ariel do artwork and it I mean it takes you know 40 to 60 hours for her to finish like a large scale piece. And I'm like, yeah, you have dedicated so much of your life to this craft and it shows and you are so talented. And so I'm constantly like humbled and I have to remind myself like when I can't, for instance, like on a, on a piece or something like that, for me, like if I can't bring the walls up high enough, I'm like, oh, I'm terrible at pottery. And then I'm like, okay, you chill. Uh, you're still relatively rookie um give yourself a little bit of time and then feel better later <laughs> yeah definitely yeah. I have that self-talk but yeah, yeah I can just imagine I'm not good at pottery at all so like how you feel about Ariel like I feel about you with pottery I'm like yeah walls not gonna happen she's gonna <laughs> fall in and crack like almost immediately <laughs> oh no yeah it's it's such a challenge. And then you start introducing like other little intricate things. Like I make like the wavy cups kind of at times. I don't even know how, how do you do that? Like I tried to watch that on YouTube and like I <laughs> missed something like, I'm like, but how is it dry in time before going all the way down? And then you get the other color. Yeah. yeah. Like, how yeah. do you do that? I'm like holding up a piece right now that I just have in front of me. Um, there are tools. There are two ways to do it. You can either use your fingers um, or there are tools in which you can do this. The bottom part of the piece is actually the natural stone. So there's no glaze on here whatsoever. So I would flip this, but it's filled with coffee at the moment. 
Um, <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> but you just like flip the piece and then you dunk it. And then you can, and then, yeah, it, the glaze, some glazes are thicker than others. So you have to be careful about where it runs. Um, oh. But yeah, I'm a very, um, uh, OCD is not the right word, but uh, I, like the fine details a lot. And that is something with pottery. Um, when I do glaze, like I'm so intricate and I will like, just make sure that it's all evenly on there and it has to like look a certain way. So I'm able like to be clean in my lines is like relaxing to me, which I know to some creatives, they're like, yeah, that should be like fun and sloppy and everything in between. And that's relaxing to them. And I love that for them. But for me, like I'm so <laughs> I'm so type A and those types of things. Um, so yeah, like I like spending the time kind of working through like how I can get something to look the way I want it to. Nice. Yeah, yeah. it kind of makes sense for pottery and ceramics in general because you are really building the shape and crafting something into existence. Yeah. That's really special. The other thing I will say that's like, wild but like I didn't it was like an unhappy or it was a happy accident of doing pottery mm -hmm. is that I would not classify myself as a um particularly patient person one would say um I am somewhat impatient I would say for a lot aren't of you like leaning on the airy side of the cusp I am so I'm a Pisces, but yeah, I am. I I my birthday is March 20th, so it's the last day of the Pisces one. Um, but pottery, because of that, I have learned to be more patient. Cause it's like, you know, the old saying, like watching paint dry. I have yeah. to I have to let <laughs> clay dry out. And it's I like, just learned about that too. Like, wait, yeah. what is it dries before you cook it. What? <laughs> like there are so many different steps to pottery that I was like, so you don't just like throw it and then it just becomes a cup. Mm -hmm. um, it's like, no, you have to, you have to get the clay and then it has to be wedged. And then, you know, and wedging doesn't take that much time. So it's not like a, like they're, you're not like, oh my God, I have to wait a day to wedge. Uh, no, it takes like a minute or a few. And then you throw, which is the fun part. I would argue. Um, and then you, you take it off the wheel and then you let it get leather hard. And then once it's leather hard, you then trim it. And then once you trim it, that's, it's like final form, quote unquote, um, of clay. So that's kind of one of your last times to really be able to like shape it. Um, mm, okay. and then, I was about to ask, like, did we shape it already or? Yeah. So it's already, so you shape it on the wheel with what I do. You shape it on the wheel but yeah. this, when it's leather hard. And when you're trimming it is also when, if you wanted to add a handle, you could, or if you oh. wanted to add some other details of clay on there, you could. Um, but once it dries, it gets to, um, we call it bone dry, um, or greenware. And once it's at that stage, then it's, it's dry all the, all any all the moisture. Yeah. yeah. All the moisture is evaporated out of it and then you can bisque fire it. So between when you wedge it to when it's dry, dry, um, depending on when you do it's leather hard stage, I generally will throw it. And then either the next day or the day after that, I will go in and trim it. Um, and then you let it dry all the way out. You're talking about like days in between here. And so 
that's a that's a long time I've, yeah. I have trimmed it if it's like a sunny day sometimes I'll throw it and then I'll set it outside in the sun and let it kind of get leather hard and I can trim it same day occasionally but it's like I've never had a piece like go bone dry in the same day like you're just not going to get that really unless yeah. you're in Arizona or a super dry heat maybe and you leave it outside right. um but so we're talking days already and then you have to take it to the kiln you have to bisque fire it for someone like me I don't have a kiln so I have to like drive it somewhere or do this um at my other previous studio like it was on her cadence so generally speaking it'd be like once a week they do a bisque fire or once every other oh, week they do a bisque fire. Wow. so now we're talking weeks at a time and then you get your bisque piece back and now it's ready for glazing so then oh we didn't even glaze it yet what no exactly and so now we have to glaze it and like depending if you want one glaze or two glaze or if you want to do any like fancy scraffito or anything on there um that takes time like you know an hour or whatever depending on the piece um and then it goes into the glaze fire which at my old previous studio we used a gas kiln for glaze fires um and now I just use electric for both the bisque and the glaze but she will run it um once a month um and then oh my goodness <laughs> yes so it's a lot of time at my previous studio for me to go from making the piece on the wheel to final product completely glazed glaze fired good to go put in the dishwasher whatever um it would sometimes take like two months if it didn't make it in time for the glaze firing or if there wasn't room for it and I had to wait till the next one. Like I have a wow. stack of plates. I have four plates that I'm like so excited because I like glazed it a certain way and I'm really excited to see it. Um, and I think I made the plates. Oh gosh, I made the plates in like May, I want to say. And it is wow. August. No, I made the plates in June. I made the plates in June. It is now August. They have still not been glaze fired. And like your girl has had to develop patience in a way that I never knew I would need to in pottery, but that's amazing. Yeah. I don't know if I'm quite there. Cause like, I like am still like eagerly awaiting these plates, but I'm also like, I'll get them when I get them. We'll see. There, there's layers to, to this. Yeah. Patience. Yeah. How has that shown up? For you in other areas of your life like how is like your practice in ceramics influenced other areas of your life I think it's made me a little less of a perfectionist to be honest like I still very much so like want everything to be perfect but I think there are just times in which I'm like yeah the walls might fall over that's okay like start again like the clay isn't going anywhere you're just here and I so I think it's like really also given me space to be creative and like I take more creative risks too like I'm mm -hmm. trying really hard to make a sake set right now and like in theory that sounds super easy it's not because I want it to be I like have a very particular idea of what I want it to be in my mind when you say sake set you mean like the little cups in the carafe yeah exactly nice. and yeah and so like it, I also like a thing that I do now is when I go places I look at things and I'm like can I make this how would I make this like I'm gonna google how to make this potentially and like so I'm, I stop and kind of like appreciate things a little bit more I think when I go and shop around because like 
I really love that with pottery, it's like functional art. And that's not Mm -hmm. to say that like a painting or something else isn't functional art. I think it's functional in its own way. I think with cups and plates, um, and like, I make, uh, like pour over coffee sets and things like that. Mm -hmm. And it's like, those things have like a functionality in your day to day. That is kind of like, I don't think I realized beforehand, like how much I would see pottery every day. And I think by doing it or get inspiration for pottery every day, which I think anybody who does any type of art probably gets these things. But because I didn't do an art really beforehand, I like didn't realize how much I was kind of missing that in life. And so Mm. now that I have that, it's kind of, it's kind of cool. Different way to look at things. Yeah. I like what you're saying about how you'll start noticing objects and wondering like, Oh, wonder if I can make that. Ah, yeah. I follow. So like on my, I have a, obviously, you know, this, I have a pottery Instagram and like, I only pretty much follow pottery accounts on that Instagram. And it's just like, so that way when I'm in that mode, if, if I'm like, I need inspiration, I can just go directly to that. And then I'll have like a feed of different, you know, artists that I either have gotten inspiration from before or that I just really like their style. Um, and so like before I go to the studio, sometimes I'll just like bookmark different things. And then when I get there, I might attempt different things that I see. And yeah, I just try, try and do, just do. <laughs> yeah. Cause it won't happen if you don't. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, and the other thing about pottery that is like, I'm sure I like, I know very little about other forms of art so like forgive me if I'm saying something that they also you're talking to a non-artist here (laughs) (laughs) I mean I'll say that but and people will say the opposite but I like just doodle and write yeah not like a trained artist at all yeah no you you are we're all artists really we all are yeah (laughs) I like that um but so with the clay you can reclaim clay and I think that's kind of fucking cool in the fact that you get to reclaim your mistakes into becoming like whatever you want them to be. And like, literally like there was a cup the other day that I made and I, when I was trimming it, I hit it the wrong way and it fell on the wheel and it got super disordered. And I was like, well, this is ugly now. Um, and it wasn't salvageable. Like I just was like, okay, so you toss it in the reclaimed clay area and wow. then okay. I'll go in and I'll add water to it. And there's a whole reclaiming clay process. And basically like you then get to, the clay is usable again. Then you get to use it again. And like, there's this process of like, any of your screw ups then become not screw ups. And that's kind of cool. And I'm like, okay. And I think about Mm. that in life all all the time. I'm like, "Mm, I didn't screw that up. It's just reclaimable. I'll reclaim it later. I like that. Yeah. It's definitely different. Like in cooking, you can't really do that or baking. Not easily. No. (laughs) So yeah, it's kind of a, it's a beautiful little thing and I'll come back to it. You know, you reclaim clay, like once you get enough that needs to be done. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah. So. Is that when like maybe the clay might change colors or end up spotted with other clay or, or do people, um, organize it differently um you generally have to reclaim i believe with the same clay so i just use the one type of clay um 
And yeah, I have not started doing any of the swirly stuff yet. Um, you just, the main thing for that is you just have to get clays that are um, the same firing and generally the same shrinkage. Mm, uh, makes sense. Yeah. Cause like cl- with clay, you can get low fire clay, which would be like, and I'm getting to the nerd stuff here, but um, Let's go. <laughs> it's like a one to three cone is what they call it. And then a mid range fire clay, which is what I use currently, which is a four to six um, range. And then a high fire clay, which is what I use at the other studio because they have that gas kiln, um, which is like a seven to 10. And so, um, yeah, they have kind of different properties and stuff like that. Like, uh, but yeah, so you can't mix those clays because what they just won't cook. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But so you can do the same fire clay and you're good. Um, in order to really get that beautiful swirl, which I'm so jealous of, you have like, you kind of have to be good, like really good. And I still have imposter syndrome about myself. Um, and like, you have to do it kind of quickly right now. I still, um, when you center the clay, you cone it up and then you, you know, put it back down you cone it up, you put it back down and that kind of helps with the clay's malleability and then also just continuing to center it. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're swirling stuff, you don't want to do that as much because then you're just going to mix it all together and then you won't get that beautiful swirl. So, right. yeah, it, you, I have a lot of respect for anyone who does any of the marbling designs. I'm like, you're good. You're really good. <laughs> it's funny because I'm trying to picture in my mind and I realize I don't have a lot of references to think of other than like people who bake cake with swirls in it. Yes. And how they have to pour in the different batters. Have you ever done that? Oh man, probably not for several years. Okay. I have done that before too. Yeah. Yeah. I did it. And I made like a, it was like, I did it for a friend of mine for his like 40th birthday. Nice. Yeah. And it like, it was really cool, but it definitely was harder than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. I don't remember it being very successful. I think like it blended somewhere in the middle because it like sat out too long. Yep. (laughs) Cause I did it before I preheated my oven and yeah. I mean, it still tasted like cake. But <laughs> and it was a success. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. There's so many bakings, like the other uh, thing that I just like to do a lot of, but nice. yeah. Yeah. It's funny. I was trying to find a photo of like a good marbled cup. And I was like, there's no need to. We're good. Yeah. No one's going to see it. No. Well, no one listening to this is going to see it. Yeah. At least exactly. we don't know. There was no intention <laughs> for sharing video yes. here. <laughs> yes. That's good. That's good to know. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. What else you got for me? I mean, if we go deeper in the rabbit hole, I'm pretty sure we won't make it out for another three hours. Oh my god! <laughs> um, but it would be cool to do another chat where we go deeper. I remember we we talked briefly about the Japanese art of like fixing ceramics where you put gold 
Yes. Have you done any of that? Okay. So I haven't yet. I'm Googling to get the right name for it because I don't want to butcher it. Um, ceramics. Um, oh God, I'm going to butcher this name. Uh, it's called, so it translates into um, golden repair and it's the Japanese art of repairing broken pottery by mending the pieces with like, um, with the gold. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, gosh, I wish there was something that says, how do you say it? I think it's Kintsuji. Oh God, I'm going to butcher this. Hold on. I'm going to make the internet tell me how to say it. Yeah, let's do that. Yeah. So the idea is kind of that it's like, um, like that nothing's really like broken if you do it. Right. Um, let's see. Okay. Oh, Kintsugi. Yeah. So. And I don't even know if I'm saying it right. And I study Japanese. <laughs> I know. I know. Okay. Hold on. I'm going to, you can edit this part out, but I'm going to make the internet tell us. Wait, can you do it out loud so we can all hear? Yeah. Here. <laughs> it is a word composed of two Japanese words, ken, which means golden, and tsugi, meaning joinery or repair. So literally, golden joinery. Kintsugi. Kin. There you go. Kintsugi. I love it. That's great. <laughs> Perfect. I love the internet so Me much. Too. <laughs> oh my God. Yes. And it's it's just, it's so great. And I just think that it's like, it's such a great thing, you know, that you can, you're like, oh no, I've destroyed this beautiful thing. But then they're like, no, you can fix it. It's everything's fixable. Yeah. I love that as a philosophy, like you mentioned, where um, you don't have to worry if it breaks, it can be fixed and repaired. And even with like the reclaiming of clay, like that's pretty awesome. Yeah. And like things like that, that like, I didn't even know I'd find in pottery, but like are metaphorical for like in life. Like there, Mm -hmm. there are so many things and it's just like, absolutely. I would love that. (laughs) I would love if I could repair all life's stress with just a little (laughs) games, right? Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, no, like that is like a really beautiful thing. Um, I think like you, like we talked about reclaiming the clay is really great. And I also just find like, I will say the most amazing thing that has happened to me through my pottery journey is like, I talked about Duffy. I talked about Henry. I talked about my friend Ariel, like the encouragement from my friends from people that like, I barely know who see my pottery and they like, you know, they're like, oh wait, you do pottery. Like I've seen you on so-and-so's account or something like that. Like it's so wonderful and it's so great. And like, I don't think I've ever had a sense of that in like some of the other communities I'm a part of, um, of just the encouragement of like, yeah, just the encouragement is so wonderful. And I, I'm so thankful for Duffy and Henry and Ariel for really continuing to encourage. And we just, uh, we just added another artist in the studio as well. Um, Jasmine Mm -hmm. and like, she had coffee in the studio the other day and I was like, Oh, I have pour over sets. Do you want 
to do use one of the pour over sets. And she's like, oh my gosh, yes. And so like, you know, we kind of had this like little moment where I got to give her one, welcoming her into the studio. But then she was like, this is so cool. Like, can I buy, like, like, are you selling these? And like, you know, kind of was asking other questions about them. And it was just like, things like that is just encouraging. And it's just fucking cool. It's really cool. And I feel like I talked about imposter syndrome just a little bit. And it's just like, Mm -hmm. I, I have a lot of that. And so being, having like the nice, uh, constant inflow of people that are supportive. is just so great. That's it. It's just wonderful. It's just, yeah. and I'm so incredibly fortunate for it. That's so awesome. Yeah. I, I just love it. I feel so lucky. What would be some great, like closing words you would say to anyone thinking about pottery, ceramics, or just art in general? I'm going to take a page out of what I just said. And I mean, encourage yourself, like go for it, try it. Um, It can be expensive and there can be some, like I've seen gatekeeping in fine art area. And like, I mean, what I talk to with like my friends is like, just do it, try it, see what you like. Pottery is great for me, but like, it doesn't have to be great for you. Like there could be other outlets that you have for it. Like it's, I don't know do it. It's great. If you can find, uh, my words of encouragement for how to do it cheaply is like check multiple places. I at first couldn't afford, I didn't think I could afford to go to the classes cause they were kind of expensive. And I was like, I don't know if this is just something that I want to do or if I'm going to like actually enjoy it. Um, and so definitely source around, um, like a good studio that kind of fits your, your, your vibes and then like encourage each other. Like don't yuck somebody's yum. If they uh, make pottery differently than you, then that's great. That's their style. Have your own style. Um, but yeah, just encourage each other. Have Find your little tribe, find your little community, and then really just do your thing. It's the best. I love it. <laughs> so tell everyone where they can find Lenny's Pots. Ah, um, they can find my Instagram. It's just at Lenny's underscore pots. Um, and then hopefully whenever this is released, there will probably be, um, a website maybe on there where people can buy stuff. I do a lot of small batches. So I, yes, (laughs) we talked about how long it takes. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. I have like 30 pieces right now that need to get bisque fired. Then I can glaze and then glaze fire and then they'll be up then I'll put them for sale so amazing I love it yeah so yep thank you for giving me this opportunity to speak about it yeah I don't think I've learned as much about ceramics as I did before this (laughs) so I'm super grateful for that as well yeah no of course I'd love to talk about anything and everything with you Rip thanks And that concludes our chat with Lenny's Pots. Yay!